Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the editor in chief here at Modern Retail. This week, I'm really excited. We're going into the world of drone delivery. I have Shannon Nash. She's the CFO of Wing, which is underneath the very large umbrella of Alphabet. Wing is a really fascinating company that's made a lot of recent announcements. I know they just had a new partnership with Walmart or an extension of a partnership. Um, I know there have been some recent uh, clearings with U.S. regulatory um, stuff, which I want to go into because I don't think I understand it, and I'm sure Shannon does. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my research says that Wing is in three different continents. So it's Australia, I believe it's uh, Europe with Ireland and Finland, and then the U.S. You're right. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, I always mess up my research somehow, but I got it right this time. <laughs> but I want to talk about just the difference in those geographies, what you're learning in the U.S., what types of retailers you're working with, all that stuff. But Shannon, how are you doing? I'm great. And I'm so excited to be here to talk about the wonderful world of drones. Me too. I know drones are something that I see and I know about, but I don't know about the business model of them. And I want you to explain it all to me. But first, let's start with you. So uh, how did you end up into the world of wing? What led you here? Yeah, you know, so as a young kid, I was I I grew up during the uh, era of cartoons like the Jetsons, and I was fascinated by like all the things that happened on the Jetsons, and I would just sit around and like daydream as a kid, like could any of this ever happen in our life? <laughs> and lo and behold, lots of things from the Jetsons yeah. are happening in our life. I mean, there's the Remember there's there was the robot and the, and the robot had like another robot that cleaned your floor. That's called a Roomba, like that exists. That's there was true. certainly um video conferencing. Um the dad used to talk to his boss basically via video conference and that seemed like so far-fetched and COVID has shown us that video conferencing is like a must <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, we're doing it right everything. now. Exactly. <laughs> and they had drones and they had drones. And I just remember thinking, oh, how amazing that would be if that could really happen in my lifetime, drones and flying cars and all those type of things. Well, when this opportunity became available, it, it definitely piqued my, um, my childhood interest of always wanting to be involved in such a, like an innovative company. And so that's what actually really brought me to Wing was just, you know, the interest in helping, you know, make something like this be a reality. And I know we will talk about it because it's it's more than just my dream as like a seven-year-old, right? It is <laughs> truly happening. What is the story of Wing? When did it launch? And how, what was, I always try to ask people at companies this question, like, is where it is now what it had originally anticipated to be? Yeah, so Wing Wing has, you know, really come a long way um, over the, let's say, the last 10 years. In 2019 in particular was when Wing actually started operating in Australia. And I mean real flights, not, you know, testing anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Wing is an outgrowth of um, the X Innovation Lab over at Alphabet. And so a real success story there in terms of, you know, an idea that then is kind of formulated, is developed, and then graduates, if you will, to a, you know, a standalone actual company that needs to build, scale, and do all the things to be a viable service. And so I joined about two years ago, and really the focus has been on, you know, our mission and our goal is to be the best delivery service provider for those millions of small packages that are delivered every day. I have a household or had a household until two of my kids have left the nest of five <laughs> people. And I would come home routinely to nothing but boxes outside my door because no one's coordinated in terms of their ordering, right? 
And these boxes would be big boxes, small boxes, but inevitably it seemed like every time you'd open them, there'd be the smallest thing in them, completely inefficient on a million levels, whether it's how much we pay for it, whether it's what it's doing to the environment, whether it's why are you using a 3,000 pound truck to deliver my little, you know, case of like lip lip gloss that I ordered (laughs) on a whim type of thing. That is what I know Wing is focused on. Wing is really focused on right-sizing the delivery mode with the delivery package, if you will. And so what I would say is that over the last couple of years, we've gotten really granular with that. We have our partnership um, in Australia with DoorDash. We have our partnership in um, the U.S. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with Walmart. We started with two stores and we announced earlier in 2024 that we're expanding in the DFW area. So, you know, we're dubbing this the year of the drone. I think you're going to see a lot of interesting expansion with drone delivery um, this year. Wow. The year of the drone. I love that. There are a million things I want to dive into, but one I wanted to ask, this goes into sort of your background, because you've been doing CFO work for years now, well before Wing. So when you come from a company that is under the alphabet umbrella that now is sort of being being thrown out into the world, um, being like, all right, make a business, is that different from other roles you've had in terms of what your mandate is, would you say? Or how do you approach this role compared to other ones that you've had? So I think that what's similar um, about this role to some of my other roles is we are in scaling mode. And a lot of Mm -hmm. the roles that I take are companies that are in scaling mode. And so that involves not just being, um, you know, uber focused on the financials. It's really being granular about the business model and, you know, diving into pricing models, diving into, you know, go to market strategies Um, That part, I think, is very similar and kind of like what I would call my superpower where I thrive. When I look at my background, you know, I started as a practicing attorney (laughs) and decided that wasn't for me, (laughs) but I did it for quite a while. But the background of actually doing that um, has been super helpful in terms of just really understanding, you know, a tech product, what you can do with it. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in corporate law, so I really understand a lot about, you know, how we have to actually um, work and be governed because Alphabet is obviously a large publicly traded company. Yeah. So I have a lot of that experience. Um, and I think that's very helpful to this role. And then finally, when I look at some of my CFO roles, I've done software. I've also done, you know, manufacturing, supply chain, hardware type of roles. And so this is the perfect marriage, right, of those type of those type of things. We build planes, so really understand logistics, supply chain, hardware, but we also sell a service that is autonomous, right? That is very dependent on AI and software. And so it really was like the perfect marriage of those two roles for me. So I wanted to ask, because you mentioned Australia earlier, uh, which was, I correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the very first market you you went commercially into. Is that right? Yeah, Australia is the, 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 the market. So, so a couple of things. Wing um, is... As you mentioned earlier, um, in you know three different geographical locations. So in the United States, we actually started in a rural community called Christiansburg, Virginia, and that is very close. If you've ever heard of the school Virginia Tech, right? That's mm-hmm. where Virginia Tech is, and so got a lot of great learnings in that environment. In fact, um, there is a couple that holds the world record for the most you know commercial residential drone deliveries to them, <laughs> and. We learned a lot about that because they are not probably what most of your listeners think is the stereotype of who would be ordering drone delivery. They are in their 80s. And it was a and the use case for them was one is a driver 
The other one doesn't drive, but is nervous about the one that drives. And so this was a good kind of use case for them to not have to drive to get things that they need. And of course, it was things like certainly food items. Um, and it was, you know, items that they they needed for, for purposes of, you know, their household. But one of the things that I thought was most interesting of the list of all the things that they ordered and, and apparently was a need, they ordered almost 100 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> all delivered by drone? All delivered by drone. All right. I would love my Girl Scout cookies delivered by drone because I always forget the window to order them. Exactly. So so there, so we so we did start in the, you know, we had started in the U.S. You mentioned Finland. We started doing deliveries there. And then in Australia, the focus uh, was really on um, being in different environments, more less um, rural, more urban, you know, really dealing with volumes in Australia. The highest number of volumes we've done in a single site um, have approached a thousand a day. It's like thirty every second during our delivery hours. So really pumping up uh, that volume side of our business. And look, we we got a lot of learnings. We when we go into markets, we spend a lot of time with the community, and so we got a lot of learnings about things like you know the sound from um, our, our our drones, and that helped us really design you know how we made changes and improvements to our planes to actually address those type of things. So Australia was a great place to kick off and to really grow and expand not only just our reach, but just our service offerings in the community. With Australia, the reason why you it just became one of the, the biggest first markets, was that just because you had a partnership that, that worked out? Or was it, are regulations different in Australia where, yeah. so that you were able to do a yeah. little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think whatever you look at, um, especially at this um, stage of this industry, the drone delivery industry, you need to look at the regulatory landscape. You need to look at the community. And this is a community that that welcomes needs, et cetera. It's like, does this tick and tie for that community, right? And then do you have the actual partners that you can you collaborate with and deliver their, their items? Like all three things have to come together for it to be the right community for us to enter in. And for us that, uh, you know, Australia, you know, ticked and tied all of those boxes for sure. Um, we've done, you know, certainly over 350,000 residential deliveries and a lot of those have been done in Australia. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up. That was one thing I meant to bring the the intro, but 350,000 deliveries is a lot. While we're on the subject of regulation, one of the things that has happened in the U.S., and I was hoping you could just explain this to me because I've read about it, but I feel like I would not do it justice and this is your world, you're the expert in it. So we, there was a specific ruling a couple of months ago, if I'm not incorrect, that pretty much made it so that drones can can fly further or higher up, that opens up, that paves the way so that you would be able to do this more freely in the U.S. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So first, let me just set the stage. So in 2019, Wing was the first drone delivery company in the U.S. to receive what's called a Part 135 air carrier certificate. So that really kind of opened the door for us to be able to offer this service. And so now we have, you know, extended approvals. We have an environmental approval in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that marks the first time the FAA has approved an entire metro area for drone delivery. And that's super important because now you can really look at approaching expansion um, in terms of looking at an area, um, as opposed to just looking at like one city, for example. We've already been serving customers, like I mentioned before, with our partnership with Walmart, 
in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, basically serving customers in a six-mile radius from the actual Walmart location. Mm -hmm. But with our recent summary um, grant from the FAA, this allows us to move beyond what's called the visual line of sight. So that's beyond what your eye can see, like what you and I can see with our eye from like a Walmart store. We can do so without what's called visual observers, like looking at that. And we can do that across the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then we could do that across similar airspaces surrounding other um, major U.S. cities. So this adds to really the momentum, of the momentum of the drone delivery industry at large. And that's why I said to you in the beginning, this truly is the year of the drone. So it just means that, you know, the radius is getting expanded wider. And so you can, you can do more deliveries, essentially, right? You can, you can reach more people. And, and, and as you think about scaling the business and you think about like, you know, having rules that you can only go to one city at a time or you can only look uh, at the drone as far as this distance or that distance, the more that opens up, that's the more people that you can reach. Got it. Got it. So let's talk about Walmart specifically. How does that partnership work? What are the types of orders that you guys are doing? Because you mentioned earlier, you know, drone delivery works really well for the smaller things. And correct me if I'm wrong, you have a new d- drone device that holds bigger packages, but it can't hold more than five pounds or six pounds. What I can't remember what it was. So, so yeah, let's take a step back. So I'll, I'll do current and then kind of like what we're looking at. Perfect. State. Okay. So current state right now is we deliver small packages um, they are just under three pounds, and there's a lot of th- there's there is a lot of SKUs that fit under three pounds. For example, you're this was really popular during the football season, especially Super Bowl. Oh, you're about to make that you know margarita, or you're about to make the you know the the guacamole, and you forgot like the tomatoes and the limes. Like you can fit a decent amount of tomato and, and limes right in a package, and it's at your house quickly. In fact, the delivery time that we've been averaging from uh, the Walmart um, locations in Dallas-Fort Worth has been under five minutes. So Mm. it's pretty quick. The way our partnership works is we feel it is very important for us to really work already within our partners' processes in terms of how they already operate. So we all saw the advent of curbside delivery during COVID, and it hasn't gone away. So partners like Walmart have come up with really good like work streams and processes to actually, you know, pick the product for the customer, get it outside to the curb and give it to the customer. We fit within that same ecosystem. We want we don't want drone delivery to add like 18 steps to doing something mm-hmm. that they're already doing. So all of that pretty much works the same. If you're a customer, you would have gone on some sort of app. Right now you're going on the Wing app. You would have ordered your item, right? You would have paid for it, and then you would just expect it to come to your house. All of that is the same for the from the customer's standpoint. And from our partner's standpoint, very similar because somebody's still going to pick your limes. They're putting them in a package, and then they're walking them out. But in this case, they're walking them out to uh, our location. We call them nests. They're walking them out to our location, and then the drone, and they're basically having the drone is actually taking that package, and then it's, you know, hovering up in the sky and then it's taken off. And when it takes off, it does about 65 miles an hour and it's going to, right. So it's fast. There's no traffic jams in the sky. So you don't deal with car, you know, road traffic. (laughs) You get to, you get to someone's house or or location. We've all, you know, this is where technology and and, uh, autonomy come in because we've already figured out where this is going to um, land the package one misconception is people think that the drone lands on the on the ground. It does not. It hovers. 
and it lowers with the tether, it lowers the package down to the ground. It unclips itself automatically. You, the customer, don't even have to do anything. And then it just flies away. You just go get the package. So that's just kind of how it works. I'm trying to explain it in words, but I will tell you, we have a very robust uh, YouTube uh, page that I highly encourage your listeners to go and look at some of the videos because I cannot do it justice. People are always telling me that. You did a great job. I have a, I a very specific image <laughs> in my head of how it works. And I feel like it, I saw the YouTube video and it matches perfectly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so basically that's what's happening now. We're operating in two sites in the Dallas-Fort uh, Dallas Worth area, seven days a week. Um, over the last kind of four months, we've already done 5,000 deliveries. And at this point, like we've got some some decent data. So we have some regular customers that order roughly about two times a week. Um, and then our top 25% of customers are ordering like three times a week. I, I think I already mentioned on average, they're experiencing their delivery in five minutes. And what we're really hearing for people, we've done a, a study about like fast mile delivery. What we're hearing from you know over 74% of the people we surveyed came back with very favorable views of drone delivery. And what they're mostly ordering are last minute you know items that they need to to prepare something. And a lot of people are using it for, especially because we just came off the holidays, for gifts, last minute Mm -hmm. gifts they need to get. So, you know, we have over three dozen aircrafts ready to complete these commercial deliveries in just two Walmart locations. And what we see happening is that this will increase and increase in 2024 as we're expanding our service such that, you know, we expect to be able to service millions of customers um, at the end of the year in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's just with our existing um, operations. You also mentioned that we announced and we're super excited to bring this to our customers that we are we have a new plane. It's, it's right now being called the Big Box Plane. Great naming convention, I'm sure. But that can <laughs> deliver like five pounds. And, and, okay. and again, we listen to our customers and we listen to our communities because about 30% of our orders were requesting us to deliver things with two drones. Mm. About 70% are okay with so for that for that population of 30% who need something closer to five pounds, we now have a solution for that. And that's just a bigger drone. Everything else is the same. It's just a bigger drone with a bigger payload that can go a little bit far, like it can go further in terms of delivering the package. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. For the Dallas-Fort Worth area, how are these customers found? Is it that they're shopping in the Walmart and they see something says, you want to get the Wing app, we can deliver to your home? Like, how, how have you been able to build that growth customer base? Yeah, I think a number of ways. Certainly, nothing nothing does advertising and marketing for you than seeing the drones in the parking lot and going, what That's the heck true. is this? So nothing is better than that. And let me tell you, especially over the holidays, we've had, you know, kids will come by and take selfies we even had uh, uh, several times someone dressed up as a Grinch who would come by and want to like take pictures next okay. to the because it's it's fenced in. But so so it's a very you know popular thing that people come and want to see. But certainly, I, as I mentioned earlier, we get out into the community. We'd spend a lot of time doing it, doing that. So we go to you know Texas is football. So we went to especially for Friday Night Lights, a lot of like local high school um, football games. We actually um, were at the the Cotton Bowl um, mm. over the holidays. So we spend a lot of time in the community also just really having people pick up, um, pick up the drone, understand what it's all about. But really what happens 
is that you go onto the app and you check to see if you type in your zip code, you know, your address and your zip code, and you type to see if we're in your service area. If we're not, you get on our list so that when we get to your service area, we can, you know, you you can actually see that because we, you know, we send out a lot of um, information to folks that are on our, our kind of email distribution list. Got it. So I wanted to ask, hypothetically, regulations are not an issue. Like, you know, it's, this is just more about like, you know, there's no, not there's no FAA, but the FAA says, go forth, you can do whatever you want. How long does it take to implement a wing into a new a new retailer? Like, what what is the ramp up? How long does it take? Do you have to bring people on board? Like, is that is that a whole process? It is a process um, because you want to do it right and you want to be very thoughtful about, uh, about how you're doing it. Uh, I think that you know, look, we've been at this for five years. We've also integrated with DoorDash in Australia. So we're fairly, we're pretty experienced. This isn't new for us in terms of, of being able to integrate with a partner and then, you know, have a rollout plan. And every time we do it, you, you, you iterate, you get better and better. And so what I will say to you is that, you know, we're expanding significantly in the DFW area in the next kind of, it's February now. So in the next like eight to 10 months, and you will see that more and more and more. It gets a lot quicker, a lot more efficient every time you do it. I get the question a lot of times also about people thinking like there's somebody with like this is very manual. There's somebody with a joystick like driving the plane. I have to, to explain like, again, this is an autonomous service. Mm-hmm. We use AI. And so the, the more we continue to do that, you will see the ramp up times just taking, obviously, just getting quicker and quicker because a lot of this is kind of rinse and repeat in terms of once you do it. I think the biggest thing that, um, I, I love how you said there's no regulatory and, and we know that that is not the case. But I think <laughs> I, I think the thing that you always will have to spend the time on and really try to get right is that community engagement. That is that is that just doesn't ever go away and continuing to, to iterate in, in, with that community and really like build your service together with that the, the community needs, for example. So that to me is one of those things where, you know, we will continue even outside of all the things that you mentioned, you, you will have to continue to spend the time, but that also just makes you better. So I, I want to ask about community engagement. So how, like you, you mentioned the things that you did in Dallas, Fort Worth, just to get the name out, how much, you know, this is a multifaceted question, take it however you want, but like how much of, of that is about, demystifying drones and how much of it is about just saying that we're there. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I can imagine some people might be like, I don't, I, I'm worried about drone delivery for whatever reason. Is that what your community engagement is about? Or is it more about just like, hey, this is a service, you might want to take it? It's both. It's both and like 20,000 other things, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's both. I mean, so uh, another example I'll give you in Ireland, um, and this this one is is personal to to my heart because I do have an adult son with autism. We spent a lot of time speaking to the autistic community, and it was really about understanding the needs of that community. Noise is a big thing for that community. I know that firsthand again with with my own son, and so really spending the time to not just educate but listen listen to what that community, listen to what that community's needs are, as opposed to just coming and saying, hey, we're here and we're doing this and we'd love for you to try it. And here's a coupon. It really is more about having that, like that, that conversation, but making sure we're listening and we're, we're trying to really help understand what are the needs, right, of that community 
that's a big part of it, quite frankly. So I would say it's both kale and a whole bunch of other things. And it's not one of those things where you can literally just do in a day, right? Mm-hmm. You ha- and you have to continue doing it. You don't stop, right? Just after you've you've gone into the community, you continue to do more and more things in the community. The awareness is important, but also making sure we're, we're good um, listeners and we're iterating our services is equally important. It makes a lot of sense. Sort of on that note, and this is, you know, this is sort of forward-looking strategy, but like, how integral will the wing branding be down the line on the consumer side? Do you understand? Like, will it be, will it always be that people are using the wing service or in the future, do you want to be an invisible intermediary? Yeah, I think that, look, I think the market is going to, is going to determine how that happens. I, I really do. I think our goal right now is to be the best partner we can to Walmart, DoorDash, and, and our other partners. That is our goal. And so I think as we continue to expand, how we expand, how consumers take that expansion, et cetera, that will determine out like the answer to your question more so than us doing it. Because our goal is really to help our partner and that helps our partner's customers. And we know our partners care about their customers. So what are we doing to help them help their customers, right? I think that that is is what I see in the foreseeable future. This is like a very... I would say not infancy, but more like the middle school, if you will, age <laughs> of our industry, right? We're not, we haven't graduated from high school Tween yet. Tween era, yeah. The tween era. And so, you know, we could have this phone call in a couple of years. And I think that you will see other models in the industry. And some of them may be very compelling from a scaling standpoint. You're in the, you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area now. That makes a lot of sense because it's a, a big city, but it's also more suburban, a little bit more spread out. I live in New York. New York is very urban, very dense. I find it difficult to understand how a drone delivery system would work there when I have 12 apartments above me. So is there like a sweet spot in terms of where Wing now works in terms of the types of geographic locations that that, that are available throughout the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, and I think this is important important for people to to understand. I think there's this fear of like drones are going to like hit airplanes or something like that. It's not how it works. There's something that is known as the mode C veil um, from the FAA and FAA, and that's just kind of airspaces that drones can operate in. And the best way to think about it is you're not going to have. Um, anytime soon, drones operating close to like SFO or LaGuardia or JFK mm-hmm. or any of those places, right? Where there's lots of other aircrafts, you know, that it, those airspaces are not where drones are, de- these delivery drones are operating. So that's what makes it challenging for a city like New York or a city like San Francisco mm-hmm. under kind of our current set of regulations and where we are today. Um, and just deconflicting some of those um those challenges are, you know, just where a lot of work needs to be done from a regulatory standpoint. We are not there today. So you don't have to worry probably about your building today. What I will <laughs> say to you is one of our, our learnings when we started in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, a couple of years ago is we did figure out some interesting ways to deliver to like apartment buildings and places like that, like in parks and having delivery, you know, zones and things of that nature. And so as the as as regulatory guidance, you know, continues to evolve and it evolves into a place in a future where 
you know, you are flying more in um, urban cities, I think that some of the solutions will be things like that. You know, I don't envision like a drone landing on like somebody's like apartment building or something along those lines. But I do think there will be interesting kind of use cases where drones are are delivering in, in more open spaces. Um, and quite frankly, you know, with other type of deliveries today, you see that, right? You see that there are deliveries that are made to like drop zones and things of that nature. So it's the same type of concept. But I, I'm sad to tell you, Kale, and I have the same problem because I'm very close to SFO. I'm, uh, I'm not going to get my, my coffee delivered by drone. Um, I certainly don't see that happening in the short term, at least. Well, the country's big, and I'm sure that, you know, some someday I'll go somewhere where I can get my drone coffee delivered. <laughs> Come to Texas. Texas <laughs> is I'll big. go to Texas. I'd love to see ta- <laughs> Dallas. Um, we're just about running out of time, but I, I have a million more questions I want to ask. But let's first start with, you know, now that you have this, this extension of the Walmart partnership, what else are you hoping to accomplish in the year to come? What, what, what do you see on the horizon? And just, like, what are the major pillars that you hope to hit because this is, as you said, the year of the drone? Yeah, I I keep saying it, right? Wing is scaling. Like, we believe 2024 is literally the year of the drone. And so, you know, for us, it's going to, we're going to continue to work on, you know, advancing um, our technology, advancing our aircraft library. We have a really, I think we have a really neat um, blog on our website that shows just like the evolution of how we're thinking about drones. So I highly recommend people go and take a, take a look at that. We're also really working on what we call the wing delivery network. And so I liken that to what we see right now with rideshare um, networks. It's not like you you call your car to come pick you up and it's sitting in some parking lot and it comes and picks you up, takes you to your location, then it goes back to that parking lot, right? And a rideshare just picks up like the next closest thing. And so we envision that to be kind of you know, what happens with Wing as we open up more and more locations, a drone may leave from location A, drop off Shannon's item at her house. And then instead of going back to location A, it may actually be closer to location B. It goes and it lands in location B, recharges and goes to the next place and hops around in that way. So that's something that, you know, we are working on. And I see, you know, that in our future very soon. The other thing we're working on is something called an auto loader. And as I mentioned earlier, so right now, whether it's curbside delivery, any type of delivery, somebody's going in, picking your items, then they're bringing it outside to you, right, in a car or to a drone. Um, and there's a lot of wait time involved in doing all of that handoff. With what we call um, an auto loader, it's um, just a piece of equipment that sits in the parking lot. And you, it's what it sounds like. You load the package into the auto loader and the person loading it can go about their way and, and serve the next item that they're, they're picking or packing. And the drone comes and picks it up. So there's no mm-hmm. like, all that wasted wait time kind of goes away, which makes, means the customer gets their, their stuff quicker, which means we can deliver more, more things like in a given hour. And so we're really excited about the auto loader again. And that's another great video that, you know, I'm trying to get people to look at the videos too if I'm not describing them well. But, you know, envision that, you know, we're really trying to make the service very efficient for everybody, not just the partners, but the consumers as well. And so that's what I kind of see as the future when I think about 2024. It's exciting because we're expanding, but we're also adding all these other enhancements that only make our service better for for our partners in in particular. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see them all as the year goes on. Um, 
Shannon, thank you so much for joining. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week. 